Hello, loves, it's Pleasance. Today I'm jumping on to remind you of the three S's. If you love this podcast and you love these conversations and teachings, I invite you to keep us supported by sharing, sharing the episode, sharing with a friend, sharing with your mom or your sister, sharing with a coworker subscribing. So subscribe to the podcast and please rate it. Please write a little review or a little rating. That stuff matters to people when they're looking on and they're trying to see if people are, um, you know, have integrity and are relatable and the teachings are helpful. So share it, subscribe to it, and then support us. So right on the anchor page, um, uh, soulfulselfcaresessions.com. You can find it at littleohm.com. You can find it right on the Anchor app, A-N-C-H-O-R. You can grab that app in the app store and listen to lots of wonderful podcasts through the Anchor app. Um, and we have a support this podcast link right there and you can donate. Um, all donations are deeply appreciated. Creative work and teaching and sharing healing is my life's work and I deeply appreciate any amount that you contribute um, to keep this going. So share, subscribe, and support. Hey guys, it's Pleasant. I have two super fun, exciting ways for you to go deeper with your practice. Number one, if you go to littleohm.com, L-I-L-O-M-M.com, there is a home practice tab up on the far right. There you will find five practices for you, three inspired by the Ayurvedic elements, one for monthly flows, expansion and contraction and a daily energy <coughs> a daily energy practice just for everyday life. So jump on the website, grab those. It's $27 for the five practices. Um, and we are starting our next session of Thrive Live, our fall session, at the end of September. If you want to join us, click on littleohm.com backslash thrive and come thrive with us. We have office hours, live classes if you're in the D.C. area, sacred circles once a month, uh, coaching with our community leader, Rita Stevens, who you've heard on the podcast, and myself. And we love to spoil our thrivers. So once you're a thriver, you're always a thriver, and you are always invited back (coughs) each season. So come and really put yourself first this fall, your self-care, your soul care, learn about Ayurveda and the Thrive 5 practices for everyday life. You can find everything at the website, littleohm.com, and I can't wait to have you in our community. All right, take care. (laughs) All right, welcome back to the Soulful Self-Care Session, Susan. I feel like you're, I was thinking about it this morning, you're like our resident Ayurvedic um, guru. 
You're our, oh, you're our, I wish I lived with you. I could be your real resident. <laughs> but like our community, the little home community and the thrive community, cause I'm going to keep having you, you know, have you on and refer your book and, um, you know, hopefully people will see you in person because you are going to attend the live doctor from India showing on September 27th. Right. Yeah. Actually, I think I'm the 20. I am the 27th. You're the 27th. I know. Yeah, you're... I will be there on September 27th. That's right. Awesome. That's when I'm going. That's when right. our community is coming. So Fantastic. hopefully people can come and meet you in person because they've been reading your book and listening to our podcast together. And um, let's see this. I will release. I'm trying to think probably that week of the showing because I actually had a interview with Jeremy, the mm. filmmaker yesterday, oh, and great. that will come out to help people get a little bit more connection and relation to the making of the film. Oh, that's terrific. That'll oh, be great. He is yeah. a doll. I'm obsessed with him. <laughs> oh, and a new daddy. Three weeks old. Yes. <laughs> and he was speaking clear sentences. So I said, he's <laughs> clearly doing well. He was on and he sounded amazing. So I love this coming together, right? I yep. saw, it's so funny how all these connections are because I saw the trailer from a doctor from India and met you and you ended up hosting the premiere. I ended up coming then I saw the movie. I wept the whole time because it's insane. It's so beautiful. Then we said, we have to have more showings in D.C. <laughs> then the showings in D.C. have been selling out one Amazing. after the other after the other. I know. And That's so great. I'll see you at Love Light next weekend. Like Yay. I just love all these connections and good energy in yeah. our world right now. Oh. Well, you really so, helped me too. So That's great. You really helped the whole, not just the Thrive community, but you're, you're just your mm. presence on this planet is wonderful. <laughs> oh, I love life and I love these connections. So thank you for coming on today and offering our tips and tricks and strategies for this transition to Vata season. Well, great. Yeah, we are. Today is a little bit you know, mm -hmm. itching over there in the Baltimore, Washington area. It's a little bit chilly today. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, uh, we're in that transition. Vata season is autumn in mm -hmm. Ayurveda. Mm -hmm. And that is the, so we look at the qualities of each of the dosha. You want me to just jump right in here? Jump right in, girl. Um, you got right it. In. Yep. So the qualities of Vata and the qualities of autumn are the same. They're cold, they're dry, rough, ungrounded, changeable. Like one day it's 90 degrees and next day it's 60 degrees. You know, Vata can be all over the place. So during Vata season, we really need to pay particular attention to keeping ourselves healthy because most diseases begin when Vata gets out of whack. So we really want to watch that and make sure that we follow some specific guidelines, guidelines that are connected to lifestyle in general, including food, exercise, what we eat, and uh, the, the different ways that we engage with the outdoors and the indoors during this season. So I'm just going to go over some of the things that we can do. And this, is, this doesn't just pertain to people who are vata dosha. Mm -hmm. This pertains to everybody. Kapha, Pitta, and vata all need to take care of themselves in vata season. But we will, like I always say, 
you see somebody walking out of a Starbucks in December and they're wearing shorts and a t-shirt and carrying a, you know, an iced frappuccino, they're a pitta person. <laughs> Just mm -hmm. like that the cold doesn't bother them at all. They actually love it. But they would benefit from doing some things to sort of winterize their body, autumn <laughs> their body. So, you know, Vata really is this this um transition that we go through from autumn to early winter. When we get into late winter and we have like heavy snow or heavy rains, that's more kapha season. And it depends where you live when you get into that. But for our area on the eastern um, seaboard here or the mid-Atlantic region, I would say it's usually October, November, or December mm -hmm. is really Vata season. And then January is uh, sort of that more of that transition um, from Vata to Kapha and springtime is totally Kapha season. Mm -hmm. So what do we want to do in Vata season? We want to, you know, Ayurveda is the science of opposites. So if you're too cold, you should warm up. If you're too warm, you should cool down. If you're too heavy, you should lighten up. You know, it's all those kind of things. So we look at those qualities of the season and we choose to do the opposites. So vata, especially vata during vata season, but everyone during vata season should eat warm, cooked, easy to digest food so that the body can conserve its energy to keep warm and healthy. Vata in particular needs that extra energy to digest raw foods and other metabolic processes, including repairing the tissues and cleaning the blood. And it's really important for Vata to pay attention to avoiding raw foods during this season, mm -hmm. because that can just really deplete them. Pitta and kapha <laughs> might do okay, pitta mm -hmm. more so than kapha, but Vata really should avoid cold raw foods because mm -hmm. that is just, it's gonna leave them feeling tired, depleted, and just take their energy down so low, it really opens them up to the um, opportunity to get sick. And we really, really want to avoid that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, so the, so by eating easy to digest food, and I'm talking soups, stews, um, cooked vegetables, just um, that warm, yummy food that we actually really crave in the winter, we really should go for that and not go for just like, you know, sandwiches and cold fruit, um, God forbid, yogurt and ice cream, like really totally avoid that because that is just not going to um, suit the body well during the colder months. So it's also really important, the lifestyle of Vata, Pitta and Kapha during Vata season. Lifestyle is really important because you want to try to stick to a schedule. Mm -hmm. We want to try to stick to a routine, especially when it concerns meals. Because Vata in particular skips a lot of meals. And many people I work with, they start off, um, they sort of rush out of the house in the morning, maybe grab something, cereal or yogurt, rush through lunch, and then they come home and they eat a huge amount of food because they're starving. And then that really affects your sleep mm -hmm. and the whole cleansing process the body goes through at night. So we really want to make sure to create a routine. My husband and I just came back from spending a month in India where we underwent the Ayurvedic detox program called Panchakarma. Mm -hmm. And it was incredible. And uh, we've, we're very cleansed and we feel amazing. <laughs> we both lost 12 pounds, which I find really interesting that we both lost the same amount of weight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, so we came back um, with 
even me practicing Ayurveda for 10, 11 years, I came back with all these new tools and ideas that I'm huh. really grateful for, and they flow right into vata season. Uh -huh. So for instance, and I can make this, actually the recipe is kind of a version of it's available in my book. It's a green mung bean or mung dal uh, mm. porridge. We started every morning with that in India with curry leaves and coconut and a little coconut oil. Oh, it delicious. was so satisfying. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was so amazing that my husband said, you know, we could eat this every day at home. And so I took the green mung dal out of the cabinet and started soaking it every night. We cook it every morning and we mm. were we've been home for like three weeks now, I think. And we are, you know, just grooving on that green mung dal for breakfast and it is so good and so satisfying and so you learn how to prepare these things like soak your beans the night before and then how mm -hmm. you know we can make it in 20 minutes in the morning or you can make a, a you know a pot of it and use it for a day or two we don't like to do leftovers too much yeah anymore. but you can certainly get yourself ready for something like that for some sort of porridge even oatmeal quinoa millet rice you can make yourself uh kamut there's amaranth there's so many amazing different grains and seeds out there to use that you can make a warm porridge with in the morning you could use cow's milk with it and spice it with cinnamon and nutmeg or ginger or even i put turmeric in everything because mm -hmm. i'm just going to try to get turmeric all the time um or you can make it vegan and use almond milk or or coconut milk or something mm -hmm. else you know you can do it either way but just to begin your day with something warm in your belly that is also nutritious mm -hmm. and is easy to digest. That's like so important that it should be easy to digest. Cold cereal in a bowl with cold milk is not easy to digest. Mm -hmm. Cold yogurt is not easy to digest. And these mm -hmm. are going to, those are antithetical to the whole vata, you know, way of trying to balance yourself. So we want to think warm and grounding and just fulfilling. It's mm -hmm. interesting because agni which is our digestive fires in our belly mm -hmm. agni is higher in the winter than it is yes. in summer so it, i know it's so interesting mm -hmm. so in summer we actually have less of an appetite because our body mm -hmm. is trying to cool itself down mm -hmm. and in the winter the body's trying to heat itself up so our agni is stoked mm -hmm. our digestive fires are like it's like the perfect amount of logs in the fireplace it's like churning away and so that's why we can actually eat a little bit more in winter and our body uses it really really well so mm -hmm. that's something to remember during vata season can i interject for one second oh, in your book you have on page for people who have the book okay the ayurveda beginner's guide i want to uh, um bring you to page 72 which has her winter warming whole mung bean soup oh, there it is yeah <laughs> and then the porridge is 74 and the easy breakfast bowl is 76. so susan i sort of feel like you're talking about any three of these correct yeah, you're right yeah okay okay I, I, actually in that winter um, warming whole mung uh -huh. bean soup um you could leave out the onion it's, okay um Okay. I wish I had written optional there. You mm -hmm. can leave out like the onions and the garlic and you can make it a lot simpler. Mm -hmm. You don't need to have all that stuff in it. We're actually making it with green mung beans, water, oil, and cumin, coriander, turmeric, and curry leaves. Mm -hmm. And then we're topping it with, um, with coconut, shredded mm -hmm. unsweetened coconut. Mm -hmm. 
So every now and then I might put a vegetable in it, but this is a much more involved soup. It's delicious. And it, yeah. it is warming, okay. especially because it has um, the garlic and mm-hmm. the jalapeno in it. But mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't need to do that if you don't want to. You can make it yeah. You could and simple it down. When you say easy to digest, I actually just had this conversation with a dietitian friend recently. We were talking about Ayurveda and what she learned in, um, in her training and in her school. And she said, I recommend to people to eat some kind of protein with their fruit so that they stay hungrier, so that they stay fuller longer. She said, I don't, she said, I heard you talk about, or I heard something in Ayurveda about keeping fruit separate. Yeah. Um, and so she said, from a dietitian standpoint, I'm always having them put it with peanut butter or putting it with cheese or putting it with meat. And I said to her, I totally, okay, hold on. I said to her, I totally understand what you're saying from, because, you know, my background is in like holistic health coaching and wellness coaching. This was taught very much so in order, here's the deal in order Listen to the key word here, which is in order to stay fuller longer. Oy. Ayurveda, <laughs> Ayurveda is coming always, always, always from the priority of digestion. Absolutely. So it's easier to digest the fruit alone. And that's why we have that recommendation. Correct? Is there anything else you want to say around that? Because I just, we, yeah. we talk about easy to digest, but I think when we say things like, white basmati rice. I mean, people in the health coaching world kind of go crazy because they've been talking about brown rice for years. So can you talk a little bit about your perspective there? Yeah, absolutely. So um, there are different food combinations in Ayurveda that we, that just make the food very, um, okay, there are these things called the gunas. I'm just going to do this real quick. And yeah, yeah. The gunas, sattvic, sattva, Mm-hmm. Uh, rajas and tamas. Mm-hmm. Okay, sattva is pure. I'm just going to do very simple here. Sattva is pure. Yeah, of course. Rajas is like hot and fiery and heated, and tamas is like dull and inert and like couch potato. And so when we mix certain foods together that might be sattvic on their own, um, when they're mixed together, they can become rajasic or tamasic. So they can make you feel lethargic and drag you down and suck your energy, or they can create like heat and fire and discomfort in your belly and your mind. And so we really want to be careful how we combine foods because we don't want that to happen in our belly. So there's, you know, there's a metabolic process that happens between like your eyes seeing the food tasting the food. And then when it lands in your belly, something else happens. Mm-hmm. So if you have, oh my God, God forbid, meat and fruit in your stomach together, <laughs> that is not a good combination because the fruit digests very easily. Okay. So let's say you eat in, I don't know, an orange and a steak. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So the orange is going to digest immediately because it's sweet and the body, the digestive um, acids can break it down very quickly. And the sugar is dispersed into the blood and whatever fiber there is, it gets used properly. Mm-hmm. But then you have that hunk of meat in your stomach and you don't have any more digestive enzymes or acid to, to digest it. It sits there for about an hour until your body can regenerate enough juices to digest that meat. And so you have this hunk of meat just sitting in your stomach doing nothing but making you feel full and uncomfortable. 
Mm-hmm. And it's probably swimming in a little bit of the sugar that was left from the, from the uh, fruit. And it's just a terrible combination. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's like we say, we don't mix yogurt with anything. We never mix yogurt with fruit. We actually make yogurt easier to digest by mixing it with water and some spices to make like mm-hmm. coffee. Mm-hmm. But um, so we just, uh, yeah, it's about, it's about um, conserving your energy for the health of your body, for repairing the tissues, mm-hmm. for cleaning the blood and yep. helping to give you energy to keep going on and for digging deep to use stored pockets of energy between meals. So if you plop on like all these different foods on top of each other, your body never gets that intermittent fast where it can use those stored mm-hmm. pockets of energy and you're taxing your system by constantly having to keep metabolizing and digesting. And so that's one of the reasons why we don't believe in grazing. We, we like our three meals, four to mm-hmm. five hours between each meal, let your body do its thing. You mm-hmm. know, snacking was not a thing <laughs> back yeah. in the day. Well, and I think that this is just a fascinating piece because the, the deeper dive that I'm going into Ayurvedic lifestyle and eating, I actually have really discovered um, these elements of kapha that I never acknowledged. And I think we've talked about this as like, I just kind of really rejected it. Um, Mm -hmm. And now that I'm embracing it and kind of leaning more into my kaphic nature, (laughs) I'm like, wow, I actually, I actually, I'm not saying everybody who's listening to this, I'm not saying you should do this. I'm not saying anybody should do this. I'm just sharing my own experiment (laughs) is that I feel awesome with two meals. I actually don't think I need that third meal. I know. That's what tips me over. Me too. And I love it. I have so much more energy. So this is the opposite of five years ago when I had um, adrenal fatigue Mm. and my natural doctor said, you're not eating enough. Mm -hmm. And she put me on the five mini meals, Mm. which made me gay. I felt so much worse. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And again, I'm not blaming natural doctors. I'm not blaming the health and wellness. I'm just saying there's this intuitive wisdom that's been lost in modern, in this wellness industry. And I do understand what she was saying in terms of her perspective for like, okay, here's a client. She comes in, she has adrenal fatigue. uh, She has a new baby. She has uh, two business studios. Like she's got a very big, full, stressful life. I don't think she's eating and she's exercise. Oh, see, this is the key too. I was over exercising and yeah. getting really, really bloated. Oh, and so she saw, oh, you must be pumping too much and your body's on overdrive and it's not being fed enough. So it's uh, storing fat. Like that makes sense to me. I understand that. But mm. that wasn't my actual uh, doshic makeup. Like that wasn't actually true for my body. Um, I should have taken down, taking the exercise down a notch and like removed some stress and gotten on some sort of routine, right? The more lifestyle pieces looking at it now, um, and really sat down and had these delicious, healthy, nourishing meals because I was breastfeeding also. Mm, So there's just like, I just love the individuality, the layers. And I don't say all of that to confuse people. I just say it so that we can question. 
and we can be really engaged with our own health and wellness, you know? Yeah. And you really get to know yourself and your own attributes. That's what I tell my clients. When you wake up in the morning, just take a minute. Yeah. (laughs) How am I feeling? Yes. 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 Am I cold? Am I flighty? Am I spacey? Am I grounded? Am I lethargic? And then eat according to that. Yes. Eating two meals a day, especially for someone coffee or just, I mean, it can work for everybody, um, for pitta and kapha, vata would need a little bit more substantial, but eating like your large meal of the day, somewhere between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m., yes, and then yes. having a small meal around 5, 6 o'clock, and that's yep. it. And it's yeah. so satisfying and you sleep so much better and yeah. your body is so happy. It's, and yeah. it's not to be hungry. Don't be hungry. I don't want totally. anybody to suffer, but <laughs> totally. I think you'll find that, you know, you're really, you will really feel satisfied if yeah. you eat a large meal, which in Ayurveda we say is two handfuls of food, yeah. which is two thirds of your stomach, which is like a nice big bowl. You leave one third open for the digestive fires to work on the food. But that is a substantial meal and yeah. that should make you feel good. Not too full, not too empty, mm-hmm. a nice walk afterwards, having a cup of hot tea, sipping warm water with your meal. Mm-hmm. All these things will just make you feel really satisfied. Mm-hmm. Never suffer. I, I just never believe in having anyone suffer or feel starving. If you're hungry, something's wrong. You're not eating enough at those meals. Yeah, you're not right. eating the right food. So, or the um, or your cycle. Your, it's either a moon cycle or your own cycle. Like those things do, at least in my experience, again, I'm hungrier during full moon, 24 to 48 hours before wow. or after. I'm like ravenous and my boobs are swollen and my belly's swollen and I'm like, ah. <laughs> and new moon, I'm just like quiet. It's like easy, wow. less food, more reflective, darker. Like it's, it's just fascinating to layer on that paying attention. And listen, it's not a thing. It's not like it takes me hours and hours to pay attention to my body or the moon. You know, it's, it's not expensive. It's not, it's not self-indulgent. It's just awesome to watch that cycling that's happening. I'm going to do that. I really haven't paid attention to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm in menopause, so it feels a bit different. Yeah, of course. I'm going to really look at that and see. Yeah. Like, and then report back. I'd love to know what you like notice or what you see. Because I think just sharing that from our seasons and cycles, I mean, that's really what I've learned. I mean, I learned all of that through Ayurveda. So that's just those deeper levels, you know? Bring up something really important, which is about exercise. Yes. And so there's different exercise that's really good for each dosha. So typically like Pitta should do, so Pitta really loves like a challenge and coffee. And they love getting heated up and sweaty. (laughs) <laughs> you know, riding 20 miles on a, a bicycle on Saturday morning. And, mm-hmm. and so, so Pitta should do a little bit of the opposite. They should do things to cool themselves down and not be so competitive. So like swimming is really good for Pitta. Mm-hmm. Um, fast walking, better yeah. than jogging, things yeah. like that. A uh, bicycling that's not for like a race um, sort of thing. Kapha, on the other hand, needs to get up and moving. They need yeah. to sweat a little bit more and they're really, you know, aerobics is really important for Kapha. Vata really needs to do exercises that are slower paced, mm-hmm. grounding, mm-hmm. Um, like Tai Chi or Qigong, swimming in warm water, mm-hmm. slow, gentle yoga. 
Mm -hmm. and um, like short hikes, light bicycling on level Mm -hmm. ground, and also um, walking outdoors in warm Mm -hmm. weather. But even in cold weather, if Bata or everybody just Mm -hmm. bundles up, that can, you know, the body works extra hard to stay warm. So that feels really good. Mm -hmm. And so we need to look at the different ways to exercise as well for each dosha. But in winter, I think everybody does well to sort of stick to these more grounding, um, slower exercises so that the body can conserve its energy for keeping us warm and mm-hmm. healthy during that mm-hmm. during the time. Yeah. What are the things you find with your clients who come in, uh, especially over time? Like what have you noticed the most in our area for Vata imbalances that are most common? Oh yeah. So Vata, one of the things surprisingly is they don't dress warmly enough. <laughs> I have my clients come in, uh, you know, on a blustery day and they just have like maybe a light jacket with a, a sleeveless shirt on underneath and, you know, linen pants. Yeah. And I'm like, are you crazy? You should have tights on. You should have a scarf. You should have, <laughs> where's your hat? You know? So I, um, I really uh, stress, especially for Vata to dress in layers and especially if you work in a building because you just never know what the, what the heat's going to be like, or mm-hmm. even if you're, even if you don't work and you're just like leaving your home, getting in your car, going shopping, going to a class, whatever you're doing, the, the temperatures just fluctuate so greatly. So you must have layers on and you must start off warm. Vata really must have a hat and a scarf and have at least one long sleeve shirt on and something over it. And I, I would like to stress the use of tights or leggings underneath your pants or skirt too, mm. because Vata just doesn't stay warm enough. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things. And they're always like, I'm so cold and I don't know why. It's because they forgot to dress. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. So they must, you know. <laughs> put a note on the mirror layer mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, the other thing that happens with Vata so often is they forget to eat. Mm-hmm. They are the only dosha that forgets to eat. Mm-hmm. Never, <laughs> never occurred to us, lady. No. <laughs> pitta wakes up like hangry. Like you yeah. got to eat pitta first thing in the morning. Kaf is not really hungry, but the clock says breakfast. So they eat, mm-hmm. you know, it's like clock says lunch, Kaffa eats. Mm-hmm. Is dinner, coffee, but um, Vata just doesn't. They're so busy in their mind. They're they're so easily excited and distracted and moving from one idea to the next and one place to the next. And you know they just forget to take care of themselves. And that's one of the most important things. So keeping. Not even, I, I would like to say keeping a journal, but sometimes that can feel stressful for, for people. So just yeah. putting, note, putting notes around, like must eat three meals or, you know, the night before putting a note somewhere, remember to take my food with me when I leave the house or just something to remind you of the really essential tasks that you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Vata can also take a look at their schedule, like on Sunday, maybe they can sit down and take out their date book or their iPad calendar or however mm-hmm. people keep their, their um, daily routines and weekly routines and really look at it and say, am I doing too much? Chances yeah. are Vata is doing too much. Yeah. <laughs> and what could I remove from this list that's going to make me saner, going to make me happier, my family or just myself or my pets or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. What can I do um, this week, what one or two things can I do to take care of me? What can I eliminate? Mm-hmm. Or what can I add in? Maybe it's like a spa mm-hmm. day or something like yeah. that. 
maybe it's meeting a friend for tea, whatever it is, but just paying attention, mm. just really paying attention because Vata just tends to just, um, they're beautiful qualities to Vata of creativity and spontaneity and just always really excited to do the next thing, but that can leave them really spacey and ungrounded and unfulfilled, mm -hmm. leave them with headaches and stomach problems and joint problems. So, you know, just Vata especially needs to take some time to sit down and take a look at what's happening on a yeah. regular basis to try and create that solid routine. Yeah, I so appreciate that. And I think that one of the things is we live in a, and again, just speaking about our area, um, a really Vata imbalanced world mm -hmm. um, where between the distractions and the demands um, and the stressors of daily life um, and the area where we live in, some of the things in society are, are prioritized over nature and harmony and nourishing care right yeah. so in dc it's competition and your job and your career and where your kid goes to school and how much money you make these things that really pull us away from paying attention and having that um more steady connection to earth right, right. And right. to ourselves and so what i've noticed is that people I, it's i'm finding it challenging and i can't wait to continue to learn more about ayurveda and study so that I can continue to ask these questions, but I'm having a hard time and students are having a hard time identifying how much in their true nature is uh, really them with their dosha and their vata percentages or how much is in there versus society and norms. And so I don't have an answer. It's just one of those big questions that I'm just paying attention to. Yeah. Um, and people ask a lot. And I think, you know, one of my Ayurvedic teachers always said, and, I, and I'd love to hear what you think about this, is she's kind of in the school of, I don't know that true nature matters that much these days. I think if you address current state first, and that's your highest priority, then true nature has a place to live. Mm -hmm. that, that's one way of looking at it. That could definitely be. Uh, often it's a, how we react is the true nature of our doshic imbalance. So mm. if we react, if we react by withdrawing that's a very mm -hmm. kathic response mm. if we react with anger frustration and patience that's very pitta if we react with anxiety and worry that's vata mm. so i would look at the reaction to the situation mm -hmm. something so interesting also um when we were in india so the place we were was called vaidya grama in the mm -hmm. south of india and one of the founders of vaidya grama which means ayurvedic village his name is dr ram kumar who he'll actually be here in May. He was here last year too. So people can come mm. for a satsang. Um, yes. We were talking about this uh, Vata society and all the people, the patients there were all in agreement. Oh my God, it's such a Vata society. And Dr. Ram Kumar said, you know, I think that we're a Pitta society. And mm. was like, what? What? We're all so distracted mm -hmm. and there's so much information and there's everything calling for our attention. And, and he was like, and what is it doing to you? It's making mm -hmm. you angry, mm -hmm. it's making you impatient. It's making you um, not care so much about your fellow human beings. He, he was saying we're really having Pitta responses mm. to the world. And, you know, we have... Yes. 
I don't want to talk about politics too much, but yeah, yeah. we have a president and India has a prime minister that are quite similar in their views. Mm -hmm. And people like us a little bit are not very happy with those more um, nationalistic views, I want to say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so it's an angry society. And mm -hmm. I think we really see that in the U.S. Mm -hmm. so much. We are an angry society. I mean, I just sometimes want to curl up and never leave my house in the woods with my three dogs and my cute husband. Because when I step out there, <laughs> I just I start crying. I know. <laughs> that kappa in us, we are weeping, holding on to the past. We're looking for Obama. We're looking for <laughs> anyone that we can hold on to. Memories. Hearing his voice just calms me down so much. Yeah, right. Um, like there's still sanity out there but, but I find I also I thrive on it I read the news yes day. I listen to NPR every day and I'm like what do you do now what do you do now what do you mm -hmm. do now? You know? mm -hmm. and it's like whoa gotta step back because that's so pitta it's so pitta <sighs> yes so much pitta with menopause and all this stuff that I really need to step back and yes look at you know Obama you know YouTube <laughs> <laughs> To comfort just, my soul in bed with my tea, <laughs> with my some nice kirtan. Exactly. What are they? Binar binaural beats, binaural beats, whatever that. Yeah. Is. <laughs> yeah. So we. Um, so I think I'm. I'm really understanding this. Yes, that makes so much sense. Yeah, I think we're moving from yep. a society to a yep. society. Yeah, makes and, sense. Yeah. Yeah, but we all need to, like we said, look at our reactions to the situations yeah. and see how we can nourish ourselves first. Today. So important, right now. I mean, that's it. It's yeah. just in this moment. I don't I know. know what's going to happen tomorrow. So I know, right? A hurricane. Yeah. I mean, yeah, right. it's crazy, right? Yeah. yeah, or no rain at all, right? So because I'm, I'm moving to India to the Ayurvedic village and I'm not kidding. <laughs> they're actually, they're, they're building houses for um, foreigners to purchase. And one of the reasons why I dragged my husband there was to see these houses. To get him to buy you one? Yeah. <laughs> so you buy so, together? Yeah, you're yeah. going to come visit us there. Okay. Um, um, yes. Yeah. Y-E-S exclamation yep. point. Mm -hmm. And he loved it. And uh we plan on going every year and eventually Ugh. buying a house and I hope in about five years or so. Yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah. Okay. So about nourishing yourself. I just want to say, you know, going, yeah. going somewhere to do Panchakarma or take care of yourself like that. I mean, we had doctors seeing us every day. We should do a podcast just on Panchakarma. Okay. Because people need to understand how nourishing this is. Yes. How important yes. it is to your own well-being. So, Yeah. Totally. Um, okay. I want to do, and I, I've been looking to, I haven't done one yet either. So uh -huh. I know. So I'm trying to see where that's going to fall in 2019 because I also want to prioritize seeing Dr. Ladd in person. Okay. You know, so yeah, um, yeah I want to make that happen and have your guidance and teaching on that for sure. sure. Absolutely. Um, Susan, where can people find you? What are you teaching this fall and how can they learn more? You know what? I'm teaching, um, uh, my business is called Breathe Ayurveda, like eat, sleep and breathe Ayurveda. Breathe Ayurveda study course. And it's a 12-month study course. It begins October 1st. And we're meeting twice a month. And it's full. 
<laughs> but I'm, today I'm taking full, but I am taking a wait awesome. list. And there could be a possibility of people just sort of dialing in and participating mm -hmm. in the classes that way rather cool. than being here or they could come and go and so on. So this really cool 12 month course of really diving deep into Ayurveda. It's not a certification course. So you don't mm -hmm. have to worry about like having quizzes and mm -hmm. tests and showing up and being, you know, judged. No, I'm not going to do that. I just want to infuse you with all this amazing stuff that I have learned. Yeah. Really nice, relaxed atmosphere based out of my home in um, uh, northern Baltimore County in Ricerstown, Maryland. And um, then also I have a couple more cooking classes this winter. You can find that at breatheayurveda.com. And um, oh, I'm doing a retreat in Virginia, in Acton, Virginia. Mm. A retreat with Dawn Curtis. Who oh, I saw um, that. Yeah, with Dawn. So West fun. Yoga. Yeah, mm -hmm. we've done some stuff together in the past. So I think that's uh, November 11th. It's on my website. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And that's going to be a beautiful yoga, meditation, journaling, mm. cooking retreat. Mm -hmm. And then I'll, my next trip to India will be October 2019. And uh, that'll be a two-week tour of India, followed by optional one, two, three-week stays at an Ayurvedic village for treatment. Wow. Wonderful. So that trip's coming together now, and it'll be up on the website within a month or so. And okay. you can come with me. <laughs> oh, be amazing. Yeah. Two weeks, you said? Well, yeah, the tour is usually about Two weeks. Uh, 12 to 14 days of touring. Okay. And then usually at least more than half the group does an extension to come mm -hmm. do Ayurveda for mm -hmm. a period of time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. As usual, I'll see you at the Love Life Festival. Yes. I'll see you at the doctor from India, which everyone should also come to. So lots of ways to infuse and integrate your Ayurvedic practices into your daily life. You know what else I see in 2019? If we can work it out, you and me, babe, doing a retreat together. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That sounds that great. <laughs> okay. Awesome. All right. Well, love I love all your thrivers and you Yay. and your whole community. Mm. And I can't wait to see everybody on the 27th at the movie. Thank you for everything. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, darling. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Sweetie. Bye.